Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. We are here to provide hope, resources, and a community so no one feels alone in their grief. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Power of Love show sponsored by the D.D. Jackson Foundation, where we shine a light on loss and grief and how it impacts our lives. My name is T.J. Jackson, and with me is my eldest brother, Taj Jackson. What's up, T? What is going on, big bro? Not that much. Not that much. We are live right now on Facebook and YouTube, but you may also be listening to us via podcasts on any of the major podcast streaming platforms. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much for listening in. Or again, if you're live with us, thanks for joining us live. Uh, yeah. We love the live interaction. We love to hear and, and see from uh, your comments. We love you guys just being part of the show. It makes the show a lot better. It keeps everything, um, I just think, a lot smoother. We love to do this show, obviously, for our own um, growth, but also for our community's growth. So please do not be shy. If you have a comment, question, make sure you make your voice heard. Yep. Uh, before we get going on today's show, I do want to read a disclaimer to everyone out there. And that is we are not, that is that we are not licensed therapists. We are just ordinary people who've experienced loss in our lives. We've been impacted by it, and we like to think we have learned from it. We also like to share our opinions in an attempt to help you get through whatever it is you may be going through. Saying that, if you need professional help, we urge you to seek it and to find it. Please do not just rely on us. So, uh, Taj, now that the disclaimer is done, the intro is done, I guess the next line of action is to see how your week was. Week was um, interesting. I mean, I know uh, we were just talking about it earlier, and I totally forgot, um, but I did go to the doctor Monday. Yeah. The doctor, you know, it's always good to go to the doctor for routine checkups and stuff. And, you know, do you have to change my lifestyle the way I eat? I knew that ahead of time, but um, kind of going the opposite direction of where I need to go. So that's kind of one of the things that I got um, alerted to in that way. So it's just, it's just, um, that's kind of, so if you see me drinking water, it's, it's, it's kind of what I'm supposed Great. to be doing now a lot more and all that stuff. No, I, I, I commend you uh, for two things for going. A lot of people, you know, we get stuck in our life habits and, whether it's because of busy, you know, we're busy and you have kids. So I understand, you know, you have kids, but also fear, you know, you, you don't want to, you expect not to hear great news if you're not doing all you're supposed to do. Oh, so yeah. a lot of times fear will stop people from going, but I commend you for, for still going, taking the initiative and make, and keeping your health as the priority. Cause that is yeah, the it, priority. It's going to be interesting because usually when um, Tyan is pregnant, I end up gaining more weight. Yeah. I got to go the opposite this time around and, and try and lose weight. Well, um, yeah, it should be a lot of fun, T. But yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> well, pretty much. And I, and I also commend you for, for saying that and bringing it out in the open because you're going to help influence uh, other people out there to, to make a, a smarter choice and to go see a doctor or get help or whatever it oh. is. I always um, recommend that, yeah, in that way. So uh, again, to to uh, commending, I don't know what the oh, yeah. word is. I don't, I'm tired. But one other, one other thing, real quickly. 
Um, yeah. I also, this whole week, I was working on our baby reveal bit video, which you don't even when, know. I done. don't know. When is that coming out? I've been thinking about um, it. I don't know. Uh, it's done now. It's finally done. So it's a okay. matter of when uh, um, Tyana wants to put it out. But yeah, okay. um, I'm trying to watch my words so I don't give any hints. Yeah, be careful. All right. That. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I'm going to say. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, okay. gonna to stop Edit. short. Just Smart. Matter, because, yeah, but uh, it was it was a lot of and a lot of work yeah uh and just talking about the doctor jack love says i need to go for a doctor checkup too i'm gonna be 45 this year me yeah. too uh jack love and i actually am going in may uh i try to go every year um you know and and what i love is we actually have the same doctor taj and i and yes he, what i love about our doctor is he's he's Incredible. he's he's pretty straightforward it, it is cool <laughs> straightforward way straightforward. And right. I appreciate that. I don't want mm -hmm. sugarcoating when it comes to health. If you see mm -hmm. an issue, get on me about it. Yeah. And um, I just appreciate that. So I'm I'm happy again, Todd. I'm happy you win. And, yeah. and again, I'm happy you shared it with everyone. As for me, the highlight of my week was probably Didi's fifteenth birthday. Yes, um, it's scary, man. Um, you know, just growing, you, TJ. What are you, What are you gonna do, Todd? I don't know, man. It's it's so interesting because when I grew up, you know, obviously with two brothers and around mostly boys, you didn't want a daughter. You know, I'll be honest. Brothers are role models. I didn't hear. I didn't. I, no brothers. I'm not gonna. Okay. Get but I didn't want a daughter. I'll be honest. I was scared. It's not that I didn't like girls. I I obviously love girls, and I I love their tender hearts and all that. I just was scared of girls. I I grew up and and you know my two um, some some of my best friends, their older sisters were were tough for their parents, and yeah. it was a, an eye opening, frightening thing for me who didn't grow up with any girls. As you know, I only had two brothers, so. Um, but I, I say all that to say this, I'm, I'm such a girl's dad. I, 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 it breaks my heart to see my young daughter get older and, uh, she's so sweet and it's just, it really a beautiful, it's just a beautiful experience. You know, they're, they're, they're just the best. So yeah, it's, it's, it's something and it's, and it's far exceeded what I thought. You know, I will say that too. It's all my worries and fears as a young man were, were not uh, valid and not warranted. Um, so I, I'm a definitely a consider myself a girl's dad, and, and I love it. So that was my pretty much week. But um, yeah, that's a cool little intro. We talked about uh, girl dad, and we talked about health. So you mm -hmm. can't go wrong with that combination. Yeah, too good. So uh, let's get straight into it, Taj. Um, on today's episode of the Power of Love Show, we welcome a very, 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 a very, 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 very special guest, Amelia Green. There are many ways to describe Miss Amelia Green, but how she hopes she is seen is as a light that reflects all the joy that life contains in even the darkest moments. Through a lifetime of troubles and traumas, Amelia has found that her strength comes from every single triumph no matter how small, that she experiences and finding the ability to truly see and appreciate the good in life. Amelia is a true believer that there is always so much good when you look for it. Even right here on the Power of Love show, Amelia's journey of triumph and love can be evidenced over the last two years in her previous appearances. On her first appearance in 2020, she spoke of the intense love and joy that her son, Alex, brought to a world that had troubles accepting and understanding his nonverbal autism and epilepsy. 
When she lost Alex in March of 2021, Amelia lost her world and her gravity, but found a voice once again on the Power of Love show when she appeared for a second time in 2022 to share how the, the hashtag Alex level joy her boy brought to this world would never fade, nor would his memory. After losing her mom, Tina, in October 2022, Amelia again found herself searching for the joy and meaning in everyday life. It was only then that she realized that it was finally time to take care of herself for herself, not so she could be who others needed her to be, but for herself. Amelia has spent every day since losing Alex making memories with Cameron and Bradley, Alex's brothers and keepers of his memory and love as well as finding a create and creating Alex level joy everywhere they go. By utilizing this platform here with us, Amelia has found even more purpose in her journey of grief in a new and unique way to spread Alex level joy and love to the world, as well as Tina level peace and compassion. Here today to give us an update on both her grief and life journey, please welcome back a special common visitor to the Power of Love show, the one and only Miss Amelia Green. Amelia, how are you? You guys get me every time. So good to see you. How are you? I'm good. I'm glad to see you guys. I'm glad to hear you're taking care of yourself and hearing about all this family love. We, you know, we are trying, we are taking it day by day, um, doing the best we can and, and, um, enjoying every minute of it, you know? So it's, it's been, it's been a nice little journey in parenthood and and in life that we've experienced. That's for sure. So, um, that's it. That is it. So Amelia, we, the last time I guess we spoke with you was in 2022 prior to losing your mother, Tina. Um, first and foremost, we are sorry um, for your loss, sending our love and condolences to you. Um, co- first question I would have to ask is how has the loss of mom impacted you as you are already in a state of grief with losing your precious boy, Alex? Well, first, thank you. I think losing a parent is much more sadly commonplace. We're supposed Mm -hmm. to lose our parents. We're not supposed to lose our children. Mm -hmm. So this time around, you know, you can never expect grief. You never know what it's going to look like. My mom was sick and it still just hit me. And this time around, um, Everybody tries to say the nicest things and people say the loveliest things. Oh, I heard stories about my mom. I wish I'd heard a hundred years ago, right? Mm. If my mom wasn't teaching you compassion, she might've been trying to steal your boyfriend. These are the things we want to know about our loved ones while they're here, right? And the one thing everybody kept saying is, Alex and your mom are together. Alex is with your mom now. Whew, that one sucked me right in the gut. I think just about Mm. every time I heard it. And finally, one time somebody said it to me and I said, yeah, but neither one of them are here with me. Mm. That's great that they're together, but I need at least one of them, right? Those are the two people who loved me most, who loved me unconditionally. And I'm so glad they're together. But I kind of wish.
wish I had at least one of them, right? Mm. And there were moments where I had those moments, and we all know them, right? Where you're just lost. You're just, the tears can't stop. You don't know where it starts and ends. And it was in those moments where I realized it didn't really matter who I was grieving for. My grief didn't have to have a name. I didn't have to label it Alex. I didn't have to label it my mom. Oh. It was just loss. It was the, that my life had changed. And mm. sometimes grief is that way. It's just a wave, you know? It's not just losing somebody. It's losing every space that they were in in your life. It's that whole reconfiguring of your life and of, of the moments that are yet to come. So I think it did give me some peace, you know? My mom, when I talk about Tina-level peace and compassion, oh, my mom, she was, she had the patience of a saint, right? She said the thing, I, we would be in traffic. My mom grew up in LA, so I think you guys will understand this especially. And we would go for the summers and we would be sitting in LA traffic and my mom would be sitting there going, thank you for teaching me patience. Thank you mm, for teaching wow. me patience. And I'm going, mm. oh God, what <laughs> lady, let's go. This is going to take two hours, right? But now that I'm older and I look back and I think, what a beautiful perspective I couldn't appreciate at the time. Yeah. And now that I have these spaces that she's not here and I need to be patient, probably mostly with myself, mm -hmm. that's when I hear those things come up. Like, they, and I'm even saying it like, thank you, mom, for teaching me patience. I'm sorry I didn't learn it. You know, I'm the 401. That time I really wanted to get to, <laughs> you know, wherever we were going. But I hear it now. And I think there are moments where I do think, you know, they are somewhere together. I don't need to know where they are, but I know they're both rooting for me and that's what really counts. And yeah. I know that I have beautiful memories of both of them together and apart, but I can mix those together too, just as much as my grief. So I'm going to focus more on those beautiful moments I have of those two smiling, happy, so in love people that loved me just as much. I love that. Love that. You know, um, something that, I love what you do. Um, you know, you have Alex level joy and Tina level peace and compassion. Um, these are phrases that, I mean, obviously Alex exuded joy and your mom, Tina exuded peace and compassion. But what I love that you do is you made them phrases that you kind of live by and um, you push out to the world and it's very simple um, it's powerful, and I, I think it's brilliant and appreciative, and I think it's a, a wonderful thing. So my question is, how did that come about? What made you think that? Because you, you are pushing these phrases, and it's a powerful thing to do. It's so funny. <clears throat> Alex came up when social media was really kind of beginning, right? A baby born in 2007. I was the first one to have a baby. I was the first one to put him on Facebook, too, I'm sure, right? So it was this interesting time of everything was changing. And as I realized how big Alex's struggles were, you know, with autism and then epilepsy, hashtags were like the thing, right? It was like the newest, coolest thing was to have a hashtag, you know, under every picture. And I couldn't think of a hashtag. Like, how do you hashtag something like autism, you know? You can't, you can't put it in a box. You can't put it in, you know, a couple of words on Twitter. It doesn't fit. Nobody's life really fits that way, but we try really hard to make it fit in that box. And Alex taught me really hard that there is no box. 
So I kept searching for what is it, right? What's our hashtag? And it was again, to, to get the word out to people to see Alex's story. And Alex's hashtag was autism won't ever stop us. Amazing Alex, autism won't ever stop us. And then epilepsy came along and it became a really ridiculously long hashtag that I was sick of typing out, right? Autism won't stop us and neither will epilepsy. And you know what? In the end, they did. I, I don't want to admit it because that was a battle that we fought really valiantly, but in the end, it did. And when it came down to it, every hashtag in the world all boiled down to that smile on that boy's face. That was what I couldn't encompass. It was that pure joy. And it wasn't, you know, the social media post of my perfect child and his great artwork and his, you know, performance in the talent show. That was not going to be my son. But what he was going to be, every single moment that nobody was going to get to fully see was Alex level joy. That was the thing that it's always hindsight, right? Once he was gone, it was like, it all became so simple. It was just about joy and love for that boy. What a beautiful place to be in. So when it came to my mom, it was the same thing. You know, here's somebody who in her 71 years on this earth left everybody she talked to with a feeling of, of peace, of, of, of acceptance, of, of you were safe with her in some way, shape or form. So I think we live in a world where we try to complicate things so much. I just kind of created these, th these things to slow it down a little bit. Maybe also to be relevant to my kids. Middle school's not easy. I'm trying to speak like, you know, middle school <laughs> language now that my older son is, is in sixth grade. Maybe that's part of it too. But I think it's about breaking it down to, to, to simple terms. Let's stop overcomplicating it. I love it. I think it's brilliant. Um, so we've obviously hit um, Alex's two-year anniversary, and you are still very active, of course, in keeping Alex's memory alive and seeking Alex-level joy in everyday life for yourself as well as Alex's brothers, Brad and Cameron. Um, I'm curious to know, is there anything you'd like to share about that two-year milestone, how it felt, how you commemorated Alex that day? And then uh, we'll also want to know if there's any advice you have for others who are approaching a difficult milestone or anniversary um, that they are about to go through. I'm going to preface this with, this is so hard. Grief is so hard, right? The holidays came. I lost my mom in October. The holidays came. There is no, there is no standard that anybody should be held to when it comes to grief or life in general. Um, I made a promise to myself and my children last year uh, that we would never be home on the day we lost Alex. Alex, Alex left here at home. We found him peacefully in his bed, which is a beautiful thing. Um, but it also means that we don't want to be here with that last memory of him on that day. So we made the decision that the ocean was Alex's place. I, I can't tell you the joy that boy found in the ocean. When we finally got him to LA, that boy was in a full sweatsuit jacket and sneakers and ran into the Pacific Ocean and laid there for how long? I can't tell you. The ocean was his place. So every year on March 7th, me and those two boys are going to go to an ocean that Alex never got to go to. And we're going to watch the sunrise on that day and listen to the ocean. And 
we're going to put some of Alex's ashes in that ocean and we're going to bring him there and we're going to bring him in our tongues and in our hearts and we're going to leave him there so that one day we can go back there and Alex will be part of our story in that place. And it doesn't have to be that it was him here in the physical. It can be him now. Um, so last year we went to Florida and we slept overnight on this weird little boat at a marina and had an adventure. And this year we went to Northern coastal Maine in the middle of March, which is absolutely beautiful, but man, is it freaky? Stephen King isn't kidding. Um, <laughs> but you know what? We woke up and we saw the most gorgeous sunrise. Oh, I've never seen something like that. And we all just knew, you know, that wasn't, yeah, the sunsets there, the sunrises there are beautiful. That one was special. And mm. it was funny because we couldn't get to the ocean. And my sons, Cameron and Bradley, were like, they're, they're very, you know, what are we going to do for mom? This is important for mom. So Bradley said, it's okay. It just means Alex comes with us today. We'll put him in the ocean when the sun goes down. And we did. We took Alex with us and... We actually made a new tradition, and now every year on that day, we're also going to have uh, the Alex $100 breakfast. And we went to breakfast, and we gave $100 for our breakfast, and we told the lady why we were there and why we were giving her that money and how much it meant to us that she did something for herself that would make her think of Alex-level joy, something that would bring her joy. And to see wow. the look on my son's faces, my son Cameron, he better be a millionaire because man, does he love <laughs> to tip people, right? And compliment the money. So he was so happy. Oh, and then this woman's telling us how she's going to invest that money in some new tires to see her mom with dementia more. Mm. And that was one of those moments where it was like, there you are, Alex. Like, yep, mm -hmm. we see you. This is what we do now. So you know what? Next year, March 7th, sunrise, sunset, you will catch us on an ocean somewhere. And we will always, always bring Alex on new adventures. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Jess says his smile truly lit the room in hearts of everyone who knew him. And then um, Georgina does have a question for you, Millie. She wants to know what gave you the strength or who to cope with all this pain, what helped you most? Love and hugs from Germany. You know, I, I initially want to say it was my sons and of course, selfishly it was. I have two little boys who need me, but I think it's also Alex with all of his needs showed me all these other amazing people that the world has to offer that the world overlooks. So I think it's also made me more passionate about being a voice. Um, and if it's not a voice for Alex, then I want to be a voice for other people like me who maybe didn't take care of themselves or maybe haven't thought they were worth it in the end um, and who are going through something and don't know it's okay to go easy on yourself. If I can help somebody in that way, that gives me enough strength to do it one more day. That's great. I think I love that answer. I love that answer. Um, I... I let me say it this way. Uh, oftentimes it can feel like when you first lose a loved one, that there's so much love and support um, from every corner, every angle you're, you're feeling uh, you're just feeling a lot of support. Everyone's checking in on you, but after a while um, the support starts to fade a bit. It may not feel as present. 
Um, but something that's important to us, Amelia, is that we want you to know that DDGF is always here for you. Um, we love you and, and we will always support you um, as well as our community. And um, as I guess I could should probably say this a bit later and I will share it a bit later. So I'll go into a question, but yeah, I guess I'll recover. I'll come back to it. Um, what are you doing? But, but um, what I do want to know is where do you feel you are on your grief journey today? H has your mm -hmm. grief evolved in the past two years? Um, do you see grief differently? Is this kind of what you would have expected? Um, any of those, anywhere, any insight in any of that, those kind of questions I think would be helpful for those who are just dealing with a loss or um, who are about to experience a significant loss. It, I think it would be helpful since it's still relatively early for you. And I think, you know, one thing I never thought of, even when we have people earth the ground us, is we're all going to go through some kind of grief, right? So even just thinking a little bit about it beforehand, it, it does give you some stable grounding when that comes. I think, does this, does, grief sucks. Like, can we just say that? Like, grief is hard. It is, they say, I remember seeing this therapist who kept saying, grief is like a wave. Grief is like a wave. And I kept saying, well, I'm drowning. Like, <laughs> that's lovely. But what do you do when there's an undertow, right? And I have to say two years later, some days there's still an undertow, but it's the idea, I've done this two years without Alex, you know? I only got 13 years with him. It was way too short. A million years would have been too short with that boy. But in the beginning it was surviving one day, right? I planned a funeral. I got through a funeral. And the things you said about people being there in the beginning, yep. In the beginning, there is food for days, right? Your text messages, you wake up and that message box is full. I remember telling my mom when Alex died, I, I can't eat gluten and neither can my mom. And people were bringing these extravagant, you know, two desserts, one gluten-free, one regular. My mom kept going, oh, people are so lovely. And I kept saying, mom, people are feeding you because you have cancer. Like, this is what's happening. When my mom died, there were no gluten-free meals. We got a couple. I think we got four ZDs all at once. I love all of you people that sent ZD if you're on here. I have no animosity about it whatsoever. But what do you do for somebody, right, when they just lost somebody a year and a half ago and you already brought, you know, all your casseroles and you already said all your, we're so sorry, he's in our thoughts and prayers. Do you do it all again? I don't know what the answer is. And I have to say as the grieving person, for me, do what makes you feel better, you know, and don't feel like you have to do it for that grief. You don't have to drop off a casserole. You know, you, you don't have to send a we're so sorry card. For my mom, I didn't write an obituary. Her story was too great for a newspaper column. You know, we didn't have a funeral. I didn't want those same people crying in a room a year and a half later. She wouldn't have wanted that either. So grief does evolve. You know, grief does change. Things change. People change. I think people always have good intentions. They really do. But I think when somebody has a loss, sometimes the best thing to do is to ask them what you can do for them. You know, there have been moments 
the day Alex, March 7th is the day we lost Alex. And I didn't cry at all that day. My kids were like wondering, mom, are you, are you, do you want to cry now? You know, do you want, <laughs> we've had lunch. Is it time to cry yet? You know, when are you going to cry? I didn't cry that day. But Monday was Alex's birthday. He should have been 16. Monday was a hard day. Hmm. Monday, Monday, I cried. I didn't need to cry on March 7th. On March 7th, I felt like we had done something in the last two years to make a legacy. That's where you guys come in, you know, is I have told Alex's story as many times as I could over the last two years. I am not going to stop telling that boy's story because mm -hmm. that is a story that deserves to be told. And that's part of my grief and that's part of how I deal with it. And if anybody ever wants to tell me about somebody they lost, I will always listen because that's how we keep those people here with us. Um, so I think, you know, there's no roadmap for grief. I couldn't tell you. I can't tell you what tomorrow is going to look like for me. But what I can tell you is in those moments where the grief feels like it's not going to end, it really is a wave and you really can fight mm -hmm. that undertow and, you know, have that one or two, those two or three, however many people, you know, that one person, you guys know, Caroline, I'm so glad I have mm -hmm. a friend on the West coast. Cause when I'm having a hard time at 1am girl it is not 1am for you so you will hear <laughs> the phone, right so it. it's it's about having those people and you know what the people that were there in the beginning they may not be there six months later i could list for you right now the people listed in alex's obituary that i haven't heard from in the last year but you know what mm. that doesn't matter mm. in the end it doesn't matter mm. what matters is the impact alex had and what i'm doing to keep him. I love it. I love it. Now, um, another, that was a very powerful answer. So thank you for that, Amelia. Um, very, very powerful. I love the recovery is fluid. Uh, I think that's something that we had, to, or at least I had to learn, you know, and I learned it really going through, I would say doing these shows. And, um, you know, I was always, I'm always that person who, has an idea like there's everything has to be mapped out and planned and it's supposed to go a certain way and that's not the case you just sometimes you don't know and um so i, I appreciate your answer it's very important now um I, the idea of recovery i hate to talk over you but you know no, recovery go ahead. isn't just one thing you know we are all recovery is personal right so I used to talk about my loss for Alex just in terms of grief. I now talk about it. It's my recovery from the loss of my son. You know, mm. we all are recovering from something. We went through a global pandemic. We're all recovering from that. Recovery isn't, you know, detoxing from drugs and alcohol or coming out of a surgery. Recovery is healing. We're all healing from something. Allow yourself to heal, whatever that looks like. Like recovery is is so fluid the same way grief is recovery is so you know if you have to to mold or, or reform your your recovery to to counteract that grief then do it that's that's the fluidity that i think is so important self-care in your bio you mentioned that you had a realization that you needed to start taking care of yourself for yourself 
Um, what do you believe was the catalyst for this realization? That's the first question. I think especially, you know, for those of us who have lost somebody after an illness, you lose yourself in relation to other people, right? Or even as a parent. I was Alex's mom. I was never Amelia first. I was Alex's mom. You know, um, when my mom was ill, I was Tina's loud, opinionated daughter. You know, <laughs> that's it comes with it. It's part of what it is. And then when you lose somebody, I was and I was actually referred to this in my town's grocery store, the mom with the dead son. You know, it becomes mm. who you are in relation to people. And all of a sudden I realized I was always taking care of myself in terms of like, I can't be a good mom right now. Time to do some self-care, right? I'm being snippy with the kids. Time for some self-care. Let me do what the magazines tell me to do. I'll take a bubble bath and I'll put a face mask on and I'll be a good mom tomorrow. Yay. No, <laughs> that's not it, right? Self-care isn't what they're selling you in the pharmacy. And it's not something you do to avoid catastrophe. I had to realize that I had to take care of myself to be a good Amelia, not to be a good mom, not to be a good daughter, not to be a good employee, to be good for myself because I deserved it. And I didn't deserve it because I was somebody's mom or somebody's employee. It was for me. And I think part of it was, you know, losing your mom is a big thing. I had diabetes from a young age. So my mom really was a lifeline for me. Um, and losing your mom is one of those things that just kind of shakes you, makes you really think about, you know, who are, who am I, who did I become, right? Who am I in terms of who my parent was or whatever that is? And all of a sudden I realized like, yeah, I'm Alex's mom and I'm Tina's daughter, but I've been Amelia through all of this. And I don't think mm. I really know who she is, but I think I want to. And the more I've worked at it, and you know what? That involves switching my job. I switched my careers. I switched to a job that cares about my mental health. I switched to a job that cares about every employee's mental health. I switched, you know, my routines. I made a lot of really big, scary changes that the old Amelia, who was only doing things to be a good wife and a good mom and a good daughter, wouldn't have done. And now I'm a way better mom. <laughs> Mm, yeah. I think I'm a way better friend. I think I'm a way better Amelia. And that's because I finally want to give it to myself. So that was a huge progression. That took me 41 years to realize that. I hope it doesn't take the next person that. And I think another part of it what? is it's okay to take care of yourself in relation to others for a while, right? Mm -hmm. Taj having a new baby that makes you want to take care of yourself, right? Oh, yeah. But that baby okay. is going to grow up, and I want you to be well a million years after that baby has their wow, own baby be, for yeah. the next baby, right? So <laughs> exactly right. it's about doing it for yourself because you're worth it. You alone are worth it, every single one of us. Yeah. What gave you the courage, though, like to, to make that um, change in that way? Because it is a lot. Of, and um, I know there's a, always a catalyst in, in that, but just – being more selfish for yourself, which is important, you know, in that way, but especially when you're giving and always giving and giving and, you know, trying to make sure everyone else is okay. And, and, and then you're like, I, I got to take care of myself too in that way. So what gave you the courage to not only see that, but to do it in that way? I think it was even in how you perceive 
presented it, we all look at it as being selfish. Mm. And I finally had to look at like, it's not, it's not selfish. It would not have been selfish of me, you know, to yeah. take some time for myself to have been a better mom to Alex. It's okay to frame it in that way, but it's not selfish to want the best for yourself. Isn't that yeah. what we want for our children? Isn't that what we want yeah. for our neighborhoods? Isn't that what we want? You know, that's what we want for everybody around us. Why not do the same for us? You know, I'm a big mm -hmm. believer in the golden rule. I yeah. want everybody to be them, their best selves. So yeah. why am I not doing that for me? If I can come on this show, how, how genuine am I? If I'm telling all of you to take care of yourself and at night I'm sitting here beating myself up for everything I didn't do that day and that I didn't go to the gym and that I mm -hmm. ate, you know, Oreos and had wine for dinner. You know what? Sometimes <laughs> Oreo and wine is self-care. Yeah. yeah, I'm not right. beating myself up anymore. That's, that's the point beautiful. where I'm at. Yeah, good. <laughs> Well, Amelia, what advice would you give to other grievers who may not feel that they are taking the best care of themselves if they're stuck in this rut? What, what advice would you give them? Start with one small change. Make it tiny. Make one small change. And do something that makes you see the best parts in you, right? It sounds so silly. I am not artistic. My entire family is artistic. I am not artistic. And I went through this thing of, I need a hobby. A hobby is self-care, right? I should be crocheting. I should be, I, I don't know, whatever 40-year-old single women do. So I, here I am in Michael's literally going, hi, I need a hobby. Does somebody want to help me buy a hobby? <laughs> you know what? I don't have any artistic hobbies. It was fun trying for a minute. I don't have them. But it's about pushing a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. You know what I did discover? I love cutting things up. I love making collages. Maybe it's the destruction, maybe it's putting it together, but mm -hmm. that gave me some solace. And you know, it's not funny either. Alex's thing was ripping up paper. Do I find it a coincidence that the one thing I found was decoupaging <laughs> a table? No, I don't find that a coincidence, but really start with something little and start with something that's going to make you feel good. You know, if it's a manicure, if it's a pedicure, I don't care if it's plastic surgery or a trip to Tahiti or it is drinking wine in the tub and watching something on uh, Amazon Prime like I did last night. Just <laughs> it's about self-forgiveness it's really about letting yourself do what you need i think that's that's the big part of it too just allowing it you don't need yeah. anybody's permission you're worth it yeah love it love it love it um okay cool so taj i was gonna go on to the the final point but before before i do first i want to know if you have any other questions and then the second thing no, um, no, and I wanted to clear up something because I, I do think that selfish, the word selfish can be seen negative. But for me, because I'm such a selfless person and I give all the time, it actually helped me because I was like, I need to be more selfish. And, and for me, in that way, I need to take care of myself in that way. And so, but I do think the word selfish is definitely more on the perceived negative side in that way. But that's how I overcame a lot of that stuff was just like, I'm giving, 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 and I need to make sure that I'm okay. And so I'm going to be more selfish. And I love that. Yeah. I love that. I'm going to steal that. Thanks. <laughs> well, that, that, that was for me. And that, cause it was, it was a hard turn for me to do that in that way. Cause I, I always care about everyone else. And I was like, but here I am falling apart and, 
gaining, you know, all, all these things and stuff like that. And so that was a decision that I had to make in that and, and say no to certain things that I've always said yes to. And so I, so it rings true when you, when you were telling your story, which is why I was thanking you for all that. Cause it's always nice to get that reassurance from someone else that's going through that. And Jennifer says, I always love when anyone says you are worth it. Remember that everyone. And yeah. then Janine adds, I love your beautiful words of self care. Yeah. And there's a won't another comment. There's several comments I want to share, but the other one I want to comment share now is from Clarissa who says, Amelia never thought of that. I shall make a collage of memories of my daughter that I miss so much. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Um, so I thought that's all beautiful and, and all important to share. Um, okay. So Taj, was there was there another question you had, or you want me to go into the final? We could go into the the final thing, yeah. Okay. So, um, what what I don't know why I was talking about it earlier, but I did. Maybe it was a foreshadowing thing. Um, but um, we were talking about how, and this was at least our experience. I assume it's many of yours' experience where there are, you know, when you go through a loss, there's a lot of love and support and people reaching out and, um you know, as life goes on for everyone, they get tied up into their regular routines, back into the regular routines. And oftentimes our grief stays with us. And, and now we're, we're fighting maybe the, the, the third, fourth and fifth, sixth and seventh innings of the game on our own. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a couple of years ago, DDJF started uh, a dinner for a cause. And, and that was the intentions of dinner for a cause was to not, really it's it's basically a dinner which um celebrates or or spotlights someone who may be going through a hardship but it doesn't do it immediately after the hardship we try to wait a year to two years after the, the someone has experienced a loss just so that they could feel that love and support from a community aspect and um, this year, our, our spotlight or um, our guest of honor for Dinner for a Cause, which we do in the spring, um, which will be this May, is Amelia Green, our lovely Amelia. So um, I want to suggest to everyone that you can donate to um, uh, the Dinner for a Cause by going to ddjf.org. Um, but yes, we, we try to just make it a special night where Amelia is going to feel so much love and so much strength from people, supporters, um, friends, family, um, mm -hmm. and, and also raise some funds for anything Amelia may need to, whether it's for a vacation, whether it's to, to do something, um, and Alex is on or whatever she needs. That is the purpose because we, um, at DDJF believe in the power of love. And we believe in the power of support from from people. So, um, Amelia, um, you are the the recipient. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but you are the guest. It's got to be a recipient. better word than recipient. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think guest of honor is the perfect yeah, yeah. way to say it for, for our dinner for perfect. a cause for 2023. Yeah. So, um, I, I'm I'm happy we officially are making that known today. Yes. Uh, but yes, just wanted to share that. Um, and then so cool. Okay, cool. I'm just reading some of the comments. Um, but Amelia, oh, I wish I could go I through the computer through show without crying, and then you guys oh. had to go and do that. Oh. I can't I, tell you. I wish what I could go through. The, oh, I wish I could go through the computer and just give you a big hug. 
Amelia. Um, if you, I went to dinner for like, yeah, I was gonna uh, say, you guys you will have, be we haven't met in person yet. This is yeah. going to be a whole meal of hugging. It's going to be appetizer, <laughs> hugs, entree, yeah. hugs, dessert, more hugs. You, you, All the you, hugs. you truly are the right person for it, Amelia. Uh, when we brought it up to our board, everyone was on board 100% yeah. and everyone thought it was had to be you. Um, you know, you, you, when you first came on here on our show was to talk about autism and the, the, the you know, the life of an, being an autistic parent, a parent of an autistic child. And, and we have just, you know, seen you go through hardship after hardship. And, um, as you know, as my brother would say, we, we do this to try to help and bring, um, love and support to everyone. So um, it, it, it had to, to be you. It really, really did. And before I get too far along, I want to make sure we get this. So we have a little image for those who are listening to the podcast. Um, there it is, an official little art piece for it. Um, but yes, you are uh, the guest of honor. That's better than receiving. You are the guest of honor, Amelia, for dinner for a cause. Um, okay, so I, I didn't know when the right time to say that was, uh, because now we're at the closure of the show too, Amelia, where we want to make sure you have your opportunity to share with our community anything you want. Um, the, you've been on the show multiple times, so I don't have to go through the spill of the options. It could be anything off topic, on topic. Uh, we just like to give our guests an opportunity to share what's on their mind with, with the community, those listening and those watching. So, Amelia, whenever you are ready, the floor is yours. So I came on here thinking of something else, but I want to talk about how grateful I am for you too. I am so grateful for the D.D. Jackson Foundation and for the Jackson family. You guys yeah. have shown such strength and love and courageousness every part of your family for so long through so many things you have inspired so many people and the fact that you take the time every week to take care of others makes me think this is going to be a better world like i am to be associated with you guys is one of the biggest honors of my life and i hope that you guys know how much you mean to people every week and how inspiring it is that you have been willing to share the love the loss and the strength of your family with everybody with the whole world and how grateful i am and how much i can't wait to hug every single Aww, one of you. that's oh, amazing you. amelia that is so sweet um yeah, you works. know since i can remember our family is always um taught us the importance of love and, and helping others. Um, and that is something until the day I'm no longer here that I will always live by. I know my mm -hmm. brothers, um, both Taj and Cheryl feel that way. And, and yeah. uh, we are just blessed to, to be able to have an opportunity to help as many people as we can. And, and I, and I want to give a shout out to all our board members who oftentimes go unnoticed, but there's a yeah. group, of, of people out there that, that give their time, you know, with no payment, um, to, to try to make the world a better place. So, yeah. um, just, 
you know, it's not just us. It's, it, we have a foundation and we have a community that supports yeah, community us. community is and, incredible. Um, who donate and, and share and, and, and send love and are there for others. And we believe in love and we believe in positivity and, and we believe that the world can can be this amazing place, you know, and we want to do our parts in helping that happen 100%, 24-7, all day, all night. So, um, and you are, and we're yeah. all so grateful for it. Well, well, thank, thank you, you so yeah. much, Amelia. Thank you. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna highlight some comments now. Um, as Carol says, these shows are helpful. Um, yeah. and Lana says can't ever miss DDJ because these sh these shows are so healing. Um, uh, and Jennifer says listening to this podcast is a change. I love seeing all of you guys every week when I can make it here. We are tending to our grief. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, some comments based off of what you were saying, um, Carrie, uh, Emilio, is from Carrie, who says, yes, grief is so hard. It's, it's day by day and unpredictable. Mm -hmm. um, Jack Love enjoyed when you said um, about grief as a wave. And sometimes you do think you're grounding or drowning. I'm sorry. Um, uh, Sequoia says, thank you for sharing that, Amelia. Grief does suck. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> Jennifer that. says, grief is a part of life. So true. None of us are 100% prepared. Thankful for the space here at DDJF where we could share without being judged. That yeah. is 100% um, what we're trying to do. Um, summer violence says, the people we lose stay near to us somewhere, some way. I'm sure of it. Um, Caitlin adds, your mom sounds like an amazing person. Yeah, um, and Sarah says, Amelia, that's so sweet of you for being your mama's cheerleader. We see and hear the love. Mm -hmm. Um, and then one more comment is a super chat from Miss Silent Siren who says, Every year on my mom's birthday, I play a scratch off lotto ticket because that was her favorite pastime. So I, mm -hmm. I love it. Mm -hmm. So sweet. And um, yeah, just wanted to share all those comments before we wrap up. Um, and then, yeah, I'm trying to think of what else. Taj, is there anything else you can think of? No, um, um, it's been, you know, obviously every time you come on has been amazing in that way. And I do look forward to, um, dinner for a cause and, and seeing you in person in that way. Um, I just, you know, I love your energy and, and it's going to be exciting to see that in person as well. So there you go um for everyone out there if you want to help contribute to this year's dinner for a cause uh you could do so at ddjf.org and um that is it anything else amelia before we say goodbye to everyone keep finding that alex level joy I love oh, it. I love, it. love yeah. it. No better way to end than Alex Level Joy. That is our goal for the week, uh, for life. Um, Amelia, again, thank you for being here. You are part of our family, and we are looking forward to meeting you in person finally uh, in a couple months. <laughs> yes. All right. Everyone else out there, we love you guys. Please be safe. Thanks for spending the time with us. We hope you, we've helped in some way. You've learned about grief. Deal with your grief. Um, grief is something that we're all going to have to learn to deal with. So just mm -hmm. being here and listening to the show um, will hopefully give you some strength when it's that time. So until next time, y'all, we'll see you guys next Wednesday at 1 p.m. Actually, we won't. We are off next week. So we'll see you in two weeks, <laughs> uh, two weeks, Wednesday at 1 p.m. Please be safe, everyone. Love and light always. Adios, everyone.